Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burn out. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kinsey Elizabeth, and I just got home from Coachella. I know, I know. I am obviously, truly way more of a stagecoach girl, but I was the luckiest girl in the world, and Ugg invited me, and when Ugg calls, you answer. So I went to Coachella. I just got back like maybe an hour and a half ago. And so far, I have already cleaned my entire house, unpacked everything. My laundry is done. I'm actually about to put that away. It's like 9.30 at night. I'm getting everything done right now. I'm really feeling on top of it, um, which is weird because I was so exhausted earlier. Anyways, I am going to be recording a solo episode this upcoming week. And we have a new little voicemail situation happening. So if y'all want to be on a podcast and maybe you need advice, maybe you have a question, maybe you have a story you want to share with the class, maybe you really just want to become a friend of the podcast, you know, leave it at speakpipe.com slash ILYSM. You just leave a voicemail. It's the easiest thing ever. And you guys can be featured on the show. Anyways, I will not bore you too much with a long intro. We have Serena Kerrigan on the podcast today. I recorded this a few weeks ago in New York. Love her so much. You guys are going to love this conversation. As always, you can watch this on YouTube, on our podcast YouTube channel. So much is going on. I'm really shifting some things in the podcast in the upcoming weeks slash months, and I'm pretty excited. So anyways, hope you guys enjoyed, and let's get on with the show. Hope you all enjoy and let's welcome Serena Kerrigan on to the show. Okay, I'm so glad that I finally have you here today. I'm so pumped. We shared a very special night together. This was at <laughs> my face. What are you <laughs> yeah. talking about? At Kit's dinner when you gave us that beautiful, essential like sermon on smiling at guys and then they're obsessed with you. Do you remember this? I mean, it's something that I would do. No, we were at dinner. This is what I was saying. The guy speech that you yeah, gave yeah, us. Yeah, and yeah. then, okay, I'm going to give you guys set the scene. This is what I was telling you I'm really you concerned about my memory. Okay. This is what I was telling you before. I'm like, you're not going to remember this. <laughs> I, I was also sick. So okay. Yeah, now I remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like didn't have anything to say, which is really, really rare. It was a very rare yeah. occasion. So we were at dinner for one of the things that Kit was hosting in New York. And it was me, Robin, Margot, Emily. Oh, you. I know. I remember. Okay. So we're sitting there and Serena is just giving this beautiful speech. Like, I don't even know where it came from. I think someone said something and you were like giving some sort of pep talk, right? 100%. And then you go, look, guys, 
you know what I realized? I deleted all the apps. All I do is I walk around and I smile at men and they and they throw themselves at me. Okay. In mid conversation, she's smiling at these guys and then we it's out of it's out of a movie. We look over and they're like all like looking, blushing, like waving yeah. as she's giving this beautiful speech. And let me tell you, it's really changed things for me. Okay. So absolutely, that is so something I, I would say. <laughs> Maybe not the exact like verbiage, but mm-hmm. like what I realized was in with dating apps, we were so confined to meeting someone through the apps, right? Because it was super helpful during the pandemic, et cetera. I think that we are very much out. It's 2023. And I think people are very fatigued about the apps. But I think the problem is, is that people feel uncomfortable to approach someone, especially like heterosexual men approaching women. They do not feel safe to do that. They don't want to seem creepy. That's like their biggest fear is to seem creepy and to like make a move on a woman and then her rejecting him. That's like their ultimate fear. Okay. Our ultimate fear is like getting killed, but regardless. (laughs) So what I realized was through like a lot of it, this is not my own advice. I have tons of friends that talk about this. I've literally listened to so many podcasts, dating coach and But something that I did change was when you're walking down a street or when you're at a bar, I don't think I'm not one to make the first move, but I want to give a hint, like a signal. Right. And it doesn't have to be big. You know, back in like the Jane Austen era, they actually used to drop a handkerchief. The women would drop a handkerchief to signal to the guy like, yo, talk to me. Because back then, like they could not even like probably look in their direction. So men need a signal. And the way to do that is to smile. And I remember at this dinner, you guys were like, what? No way. Oh, my God. I literally walked here and I did it three times to Matt because what's going to happen? Like, I've been stopped for sure, but they're perplexed because guess what? Women don't do that. They don't do that. And it's just a smile. You're not saying like, come fuck me right now. But Mm -hmm. like, can I curse? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. But you're just like, it's 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 something that I've done and it's it's really changed my life. I'm back on the apps, though. I wouldn't tell someone like, get off the apps, just smile and like just stay on the street smiling at them. Like, I know I think that. But I think it's it, it works in if you want to meet people in person and meet them out. So how has it worked for you? OK, it was incredible. So I came back from that dinner and I think I was a new woman because of everything else that you were saying. It was such a beautiful. I left that dinner. And again, I was so sick, so I don't feel like it came across that Definitely way. Definitely not. We you were, were literally like, with you like this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you literally didn't even look at me. And no, I was so sick, guys. I didn't realize I was sick. I saw right. I felt weird. And then I was like, food poisoning the next like two days. It was from that dinner. Anyways, no, I left that dinner being like, I am Serena Kerrigan's number one fan. I told every friend at home about this. I told my friend, I had my friend Lauren listening. To, I was like, I don't even, she doesn't even have a podcast. Just find podcasts that she's on because yeah. this is what you need to listen to. I'm like, don't ask me for advice. Listen to Serena. So the smiling at men thing, I was like, you know what? Okay, we'll try it, right? It was, I, and also granted I'm in Texas. So I feel like that really helps. Oh my really God, helps. that's an amazing place to go. An amazing place. I swear to God, it was 30 seconds. Yeah. And this, they're still hitting me up. Of course. It was just crazy. Because they, all I, you have to do is smile. All, oh no. And then you're literally, there's nothing else. Like there's literally, that's like, <laughs> yeah. that's bare minimum. But I think that it's, really disarming for men and they feel comfortable doing it. I mean, I've done it. And literally, I remember recently I was walking down the street like with my AirPods, like mm, mm, like strutting. Like whenever I walk down the street, I actually think that I'm a model at Fashion Week for mm-hmm. sure always. And I saw this guy and I smiled at him and I kept walking. Two blocks later, I feel a tap on my shoulder and I take out my AirPod. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Like I just just I saw you and I had to say something. He chased me down two blocks. He wasn't cute, so I kept going. I was like, thank you so much. Gotta go. But like, regardless, <laughs> it proved my theory. 
It works. It totally works. It was also just so crazy. It felt like we were in a movie, guys. I need you to know the way that Serena is telling this story to the table. We're all just staring at her like there's no way this works. And she's smiling mid-sentence. And all of these guys we look up, are the whole restaurant is just staring. Yeah, no, because it's like, it feels, I remember you guys were like, no, that's so weird. Like, I feel, I feel you know, and when you start to do it, like it, it, when you first start smiling, which is just such a ridiculous thing to say, it's like, <laughs> you can fucking smile. Every single person can fucking smile. But when, when you, you start doing start it to, to someone you don't know, it's a little like, ooh, but like, what is it? Like, you're just walking by. Like, it's just a smile. Like, everyone likes to smile. Yeah. So I think that that's a great practice. And I'm so glad that it resonated with you. Mm, and I'm so down to give you a little pep talk again, whatever you need. Oh, we'll be giving, we'll be getting that. Great. See, I smile at the girls and the gays all the time. I always smile. I'm so from then, Texas. I say hello to everyone. Exactly. So then why not some guys with, you know, Exactly. Dicks. Exactly. That, that is my, my smiling was being pointed in the wrong direction, I think. Right. I, I needed to broaden my horizons when it came to smiling. Right. And I'm just here to tell you, this shit works. Let's fucking smile. Let's fucking smile. Done. <laughs> Trademarking. Done. <laughs> Let's fucking genius. smile. It's Let's cute. fucking smile. Okay, so I wanted to give like a little bit of like a pep talk from you. Okay. Not necessarily to me, just like to the audience. No, I can like, give it to you. <laughs> okay, me as well. Sure. <laughs> just like actually you need one. No, no, no. We all need one. Yeah, we all need one. Okay, so before we get into that though, I do have some questions because I just think about this from the like perspective of being someone with an online platform mm -hmm. when so much of your online platform is built off of like confidence and just like feeling good and empowering other people and yourself. Yeah. Like what happens when you inevitably go through phases where you're like, I'm not really sure. Like, do you ever feel a little bit unsure about yourself or, or career or see, I figured I just don't want to put it you know, what if I said that and you were like, I never feel that way. Absolutely. I think that that's what, you know, it's funny. Like I obviously put my brand up on a pedestal. I literally made my Instagram bio. I'm the queen of confidence and I saved a seat for you at my throne. So <laughs> when you do something like that, that dramatic and like bold. Dramatic? And, I mean, no it's way. so dumb. I'm a queen. What do you mean? People... I mean, I literally put myself on that pedestal. It's not like people put me on it, right? And like people love to put people on pedestals from the internet all the time. People love to police my confidence. They're like, well, if you, she was actually confident, she wouldn't do this. Or like, oh, the queen of confidence, huh? Like, they like to do that. I wrote that as someone that I want to aspire to be, right? And I think that that is how manifesting works. I think that that's how life works. It's like, you decide the identity of who you are. So I remember when I was in 2017, I was like, you know, out of college. I was working at an office. Like, I knew that like this persona that I built like made me feel really good. And I was like, how can I create her and make her to be this like iconic image to people so that way they can remember, they can channel their inner SFK, right? And their inner confidence. So I literally was like, cool, this is the goal. And like, I'm going to get there. And I think that the perception of confidence is that like, if you're fully confident, then every day you wake up and you're like, mm, I'm that bitch. I'm so fucking hot. Let's fucking go. Like, no. What confidence is to me is you're your own best friend. Do you always like your best friend? No. Is your best friend annoying sometimes? Yeah. Do you hate your best friend's outfit? Absolutely. But <laughs> that love that you have for her, that stays true. Like always. And you will go to bat for her. You'll hype her up when she's down. You won't talk shit about her. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what confidence is to me. Is how do you get to that point of being your best friend? So are there moments when I'm down? Yeah. Is it hard sometimes? Absolutely. I felt this sometimes this ambivalence about sharing about my insecurities or things on the internet because I feel like, oh my God, I'm trying to convey 
this confidence and people are depending on it to feel good. So if I'm like, oh my God, guys, like I'm worried about being single, let's just say. I feel like I can't talk about that because then if I'm worried about being single, then all these other women might be scared about it too, right? But at the same time, being vulnerable and sharing is relatable and it makes them actually feel better because like it's to be human is to have worries or doubts and fears and insecurities. So I think that as I've gotten older, it's actually a testament to how much more confident I've become to be able to share that on the internet. One thing about me is that I am the planner. I feel like in pretty much every friend circle that I'm in, besides literally one, because it's also full of nothing but planners, I am the planner. I'm the one making all the plans. I am the one orchestrating everything. I'm the one making the calls. I'm calling the shots. I'm doing it all, okay? And it's a lot of pressure, I will say. It's it's quite the responsibility to take on, but like, if not me, then who? You know what I mean? But it is a lot of pressure. And you always find something. You need to have something like up your sleeve. Something that you can just throw into the mix, okay? And mine is Top Golf, okay? It's golf. It's not golf. It's Top Golf. They've got a bunch of stuff that makes them golf, clubs, balls, tees, turf, a ball picker, upper cart thing, all of the things, okay? But they also have a lot of things that are not golf, like loud music, giant targets in their giant fairway, they have giant TVs, and a handcrafted food and beverage menu. What I love about Top Golf is that you don't have to be good at golf to play. I am not a golfer. I've said this many times before. My mother is an incredible golfer now these days. You know, she isn't retired, but uh, she acts like it with her golf career that she's built. She's actually very good at it now, and um, I'll still go with them. I'm not a golfer. I'm not very good at it, but Top Golf is still really fun for me, and it's not intimidating, like, at all. And like all of these things are all under one roof. So you have like such a good time. Maybe like grab the family, do a little birthday there, grab some friends or even like some coworkers. Honestly, that's a good work activity too. And come play around. I grew up going to Top Golf. I keep saying this, but I remember so vividly for whatever reason when the first Top Golf near us opened. And we have just been such big fans of it ever since. Like I've gone with friends growing up, like starting in middle school to current day. I've gone with family. I've gone for birthdays. I mean, there's so many things. Like Top Golf is just so much fun. I feel like we always, we're always doing the same things, guys. Like we get stuck in our little routine socially. We don't really break out of them. So I would really recommend Top Golf. It's golf. It's not golf. It's Top Golf. Download the app, book a bay, and come play around. I used to care so much about portraying a perfect life and acting like everything was okay when really things were far from it. I was secretly battling anxiety, depression, and an eating disorder. So it was a lot. I'm Victoria Garrick, former Division I athlete, mental health advocate, and host of RealPod. Every Wednesday, I sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, and more to talk about the inner thoughts and feelings that we're all struggling with. So leave the filters and facetunes at the door and join me on RealPod. having the courage to be vulnerable to me is confident. Absolutely. But the way people project their own whatever it is onto other people or even their idea of who that person is is what messes that up. Totally. So it's a fine line. But every time I posted a video like on TikTok being like, I'm struggling, like I think that on TikTok specifically, I, I built a whole brand around confidence, but also around dating. I used to share so much. I mean, I literally had a dating show. I'm like, I used to be like, going to the date. I'm in the bathroom. It's going well. And then the guy would see it be like, can you not? Yeah, I have some questions about that. Okay. So like, <laughs> they don't know that you're filming. Well, I, I stopped doing this. But no. Mm-hmm. Did you stop doing this because it was like, 
causing issues or I think I stopped it. doing it because was I dating for content or was I dating to find someone? And I think at the beginning I was dating for content. I went to Miami, uh, to, I went Miami, to Miami, guy. To Miami mm-hmm. guy. Like it was amazing. Like, but then I think I got to a point where I was like, if I actually want something serious, it can't be a content thing. You have to separate the two. And it scares me when I see sometimes people share their relationships on social for that reason of like, is there really a separation? Absolutely. I think some people do it beautifully, but like it makes me anxious. Like the se- there, I think there needs to be a separation between work and play. I agree. I was talking to a friend recently who was just joking about having like a clout relationship. She's like totally kidding. I would love one. (laughs) But I was thinking about this and I was like, honestly, as someone who's like, I'll never post someone again. I'm like, if you see me post a man, I'm not serious about him. A hundred percent. But if I am quiet for a year and a half and there's a ring on my finger, that is who I'm marrying. A hundred percent. But I would do it if I'm not serious. You know, because then it's like, whatever, it's for the plot. Like, I love that. No, literally, like, I will use the content of old men that I'm over, like, that gave me the ick. Absolutely. Not like of them, but just like of my feelings, experiences. But I, I I can't believe I used to literally be like going on a date. Can't wait. And then he would see all my stories. And it's just like they that makes them feel okay. Like, cool. Like, I'm a part of this now. Like, no. Yeah. My husband, like, it's going to be hard launch on my wedding day. Like, fully. Absolutely. It's going to be like the royal wedding. So you were posting these and these guys were also following you on Instagram. And you Maybe were Maybe not, like, but like they're going to look. They're going to see it. So yeah. then they would be like, hey, like how does that go? Because that's what I always think about when people are like sharing their real-time dating stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I would literally rather die because they're going to see this and then it's just going to be awkward. To be honest with you, they liked it. Oh. In the beginning, they always go- but is that no, a red flag? Of course. Okay. <laughs> what? Sure. No, no. It's not like, oh my God, like he's down. Like we're going to be like a cute little like YouTube couple. Yeah. You know? It's like, no, like for me, that is a red flag. But in the beginning, I feel like it's a lot of opposition. And then like Miami guy was a great example. He was like, I don't do that. Like don't record me. By the end of the trip, he was like, should we make a TikTok? And I'm like, I see. Like, you know, but I think that it's the guys that don't take me seriously and are yeah. in it for the clout or not even for the clout, but for the ride, for the plot. I think now it, do- it doesn't even come up. So. As a result, I went on TikTok and I was like, I don't do that content anymore. So what is my place on this app? Like, I also don't really like I'm still figuring out my dating life. So like, what do I talk about? There's so many people that give amazing advice, like where I felt a little bit of like, I hate the word imposter syndrome, but I felt a little just lost in my content. And I shared it and people were like, this is the realest thing you've ever posted. Like, I feel the same way about my content or like, I've never seen you like this. And I was like, vulnerability, it's just like it hits different. Yes, it really does in every type, not just on the Internet, but in life, you know, just being having the courage to be like, I like you or like this bothered me. Like it just oh, it, that communication, that honesty that will take you or even just far. saying I feel lost or I don't know where I'm going because at our dinner, you were talking a little bit about that. And it made me think I'm like, OK, like obviously I'm not I mean, so many of my best friends are influencers. Like I've been Brooke and Danielle. We've been right. friends for a decade at this point, but I'm not around that every single day. So when you were saying, like, as someone that I viewed to be, like, you know exactly what you want, and this is this and this, and, like, just, like, set in your, like, head almost, it was refreshing to me because I was like, oh, okay, like, maybe I'm not actually a loser flop. But I didn't actually think that about myself, to be fair. See, I didn't so actually think that. Right? But, like, it made me feel better of, like, oh, because, like, there's times where I'm like, I don't know, like, I want to I want to completely redo this. I, I want to, you're constantly changing. It made me feel better. Okay, good. I'm so glad to hear that. I think that I'm very, I know what I want to have goals, but I think that when you're constantly being bombarded with, you know, other people's creations and they're creating and 
it's a craft and like this expectation that we have to make something every day and it has to be viral. I mean, it's just, it's very, I mean, it's an amazing job and we're both so privileged, but it's like, it's a lot. Like my parents weren't like on Instagram seeing what their, you know, people in their careers were doing every day, every mm-hmm. second. So I think it's normal. I think it's having the the grace with yourself. Like it's okay to want to evolve or to feel lost. I think the most important thing that's helped me is stop looking at what other people are doing. And if someone's triggering you for whatever reason, just meet them. You don't need to like, it's just like, just protect your energy. But also like whenever I'm like, ah, like I don't know what to make or whatever. I just get off my phone and I just yeah. like go for a walk and I get inspired. Like this idea that you have to like make something or have the best advice or just like all the time. That's just not normal. Like no, not even Taylor Swift does that. Okay. Yeah. Very true. I will say having like come up on YouTube has been, I mean, obviously has its like ups and downs yeah. and pros and cons, but I, love that YouTube didn't have there was a lot of pressure around views and all that but there wasn't the pressure around like in the way that like TikTok is going viral 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 but then also on TikTok it's when you're just when you have a bunch of videos that are going viral it's hard I think for the most part people have a hard time getting an actual community like you are an example of someone who has done that but it's rare Mm -hmm. so it's like you have to go viral and then you're seeing it with everyone else as a newer platform. Like I think with YouTube, at least it was like slow and steady. It's all about the community. Yeah. Because and there's like a built in. Totally. I think that that's the thing. I think people look for virality. I'm telling you like community is it like they will be there to the end. Like I had, I started this dating show in my apartment in 2020. It's been three years. And like people were like, you literally got me through the pandemic. Like you literally, and I'm like, I can't believe you're still here. Like, thank you for sticking around. But like, it's just like, those are your people. It's not about the number. It's about like the quality of the relationships. Like I know the names of my day ones. Like I saw them at my live show when I just did it last week at the Gramercy. Like I, those are your ride or dies. Like Mm -hmm. I think that the focus is always follower count. I would really argue it's the quality of the follower. Like are they really paying attention to what you're saying? Are they really buying what you're putting out there? I agree. It's a totally different thing. There's so many people who have millions of followers and don't from even like a business perspective to brands don't convert don't actually have people who are coming to shows don't actually have people who are coming to like we used like meetups used to be a thing back in the no, day i love a meetup love a meetup love me a meetup but that used to be like the live show yeah, you know like totally. now they're totally. it's like elevated and it's totally different also a youtube audience what else is nice about a youtube audience is that like a youtube viewer is that already because if you're sitting down and watching exactly. someone's vlog, 10,000 views on you YouTube page. is totally yeah. different than 10,000 on and TikTok. And it's not a for you page thing. Exactly. So I like that about YouTube and I'm grateful for that because I feel like it's affected me in a more positive way mentally. 100%. Than TikTok would have yeah. had I started on TikTok. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Okay, let's do a little bit of, of a pep talk for myself. Absolutely. And yeah. for the listeners. We're going into summer. Mm-hmm. We're young. We're fun. <sighs> we're single. We're It's Pocker Summer, baby. Oh my God. God, I can't girl summer. Let's go. Let's do a little like what should everyone be thinking and plotting kind of going into the summer? I think that the summer just spring is upon like saying yes to fucking everything, doing okay. whatever the fuck you want to do, not comparing yourself to other people. I think get leaving your phone at home. Like I think that that's kind of the transition, even with the smiling thing in the guys, right? Like let's like really just like take a beat. I think we've been so confined the internet and it's an amazing place like it's how we met you know what I mean but that being said like for this summer let's just kind of like let go and like live I think that what I've noticed a lot of my followers are always just so and myself included we're always thinking about what's next this is the first time in my life where I'm like it's okay to not know in these moments of quiet and like uncertainty which is what life is 
the only thing certain in life is taxes, death, and <laughs> SFK making a birthday post about herself. Okay, that's it. Those are the. One. I read that on Reddit once. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but like, no, literally. But that uncertainty, like, I always used to, used to make me so fucking anxious. Like, what's my next project? What's my next, what's my next video? What's my next thing? What's my next guy? Let it go. Like, let it go. That it's happening on purpose. And like, I think that that should be what summer is. Like, you don't have to have that plan for Fourth of July yet. Like, it's okay. Like mm-hmm. something's plotty's gonna happen. Just like let yourself be open. Go to a party fucking alone. Like I've been going to things alone all the time. And like it's awkward for two seconds. And then I'm like, I make a friend. You literally just have to compliment someone. Or guess what? Smile at them. I will say, and I think this is the Texan in me that complimenting people and being nice. Cause listen, I smile at people. It's just like the men I was avoiding when I was out. It's like, you know, like all the memes when you go out and you're like, oh my God, there's gonna be so many guys. And you're like in the corner with your girlfriends and like, they're never going to approach you ever. I went to a bar the other week with like eight girls and we were all single. We're like, let's go find guys. And then I was like, I love you all. I'm literally leaving to another bar by myself. Like this is not going to work. Guys cannot. That's too scary. It is. Would you want to go up to eight guys alone? No. You need to have like separate in twos. Absolutely. That's what has worked for us very well. I found that two is a really magic number. Because I think that one, if it's like they're with a group of people, when you have like a friend with you, it it like it's like a nice buffer. Yeah. And then like they'll find a friend. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think about what else I was talking about that dinner with you. I think it was to our friend who was dealing with a fuck, fuck no guy. Was that it? Oh yeah, that was the. Yeah. I think it's just like, we put so much of our self-worth in the validation of someone else. And the other day, I actually posted a TikTok about this guy who I was dating a little bit. And he sent me this text that was like, hey, like in the spirit of honesty, like you're so brilliant, hot. And then he wrote, obviously, which I was like, what? <laughs> like it was so unnecessary, but cool. He but was like, like but thank you. And like successful, you have amazing things going on. And I had such a great time with you, but I'm not feeling a romantic connection. Like I would want to waste your time, even though I know we would have fun. And someone wrote to me, they were like, how do you not take this extremely personally? How do you not get like so upset about this? And I was like, first of all, he didn't ghost me. And someone literally wrote, I'd rather be ghosted. And I was like, would you though? Like, I think that that to me is like the most disgusting thing is to like literally act as though that person didn't exist or not even give them a chance to be like, got it, you know, Mm -hmm. to just not give them that opportunity or agency to respond. By the way, I also think that text was not mean. No, no, no. I think it was a great text. It's a great text. I mean, we did have a romantic connection, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, idiot. Like, totally. But like, that's fine. Like, he didn't want to continue. I didn't take it personally. It sucked. I cried for like a second. And then I was like, on to the motherfucking next. I think this like scarcity around men like is bullshit. There's actually way more young single men out in the US than women. Bar none. Like literally. Because young women are dating older guys. Just for the record. Yeah. Right. So it's this idea that you're not going to find a guy like I I literally detest that. And I also hate when people are like dating so hard, like change your mindset, change your motherfucking life. When someone rejects you, thank them. Be like, thank you so much for letting me know, which is exactly what I said, because now I can move on and go on to the next and not waste my time. Like, it's not a reflection of you. He just didn't like me that much. Or maybe I intimidated him. Or maybe he didn't want to be with a fucking icon. It happens. Yeah, it does happen. Maybe I was too obviously hot. Yeah, like in parentheses, obviously. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you saw, but last week, two weeks ago, I was in New York very quickly because I was hosting a little Macy's live session. It was so fun and just the greatest time. I love Macy's. They have literally everything you could ever possibly need. They even have 
like tabletop stuff, which y'all know is right up my alley. All I care about in life is toasting, having a beautiful table, beautiful um, like plates and just, you know, all that stuff. Anything tabletop, I love, okay? Anyways, what I'm saying is that Macy's has everything that I love. They have home, they have kitchen, they have all the skincare that I use, they have all the beautiful makeup that I use. I mean, the shoes, dresses, clothes, I mean, like literally anything that I could ever possibly need, I feel like Macy's has. The Macy's Friends and Family Sale is Friday, April 21st to Sunday, April 30th, you get an extra 30% off designers that rarely go on sale like DKNY and Calvin Klein and take 15% off beauty favorites like Mac, Marc Jacobs, Urban Decay, and more. Check out Macy's.com and save with promo code FRIEND. Again, that is Macy's.com and promo code FRIEND. Some exclusions apply. See Macy's.com for details. I've been wearing so much of their stuff lately. That like straw clutch that I brought with me to Cabo was from Macy's. And it was the, I linked it on my Instagram, but it was the best bag for a nice kind of like beachy vacation, nice night out because it actually held a bunch of stuff still, but it was a clutch. So it was cute. And then also for those of y'all who are participating in maybe the coastal cowgirl trend or you're like me and you just love cowboy boots anyways. They have really cute ones from Madden Girl, which I feel like are a really good place to start. And they're already a really good price. So anyways, again, guys, the sale is amazing. April 21st to Sunday, April 30th. It is the Macy's Friends and Family Sale. That is Macy's.com and promo code FRIEND. Again, that is Macy's.com, promo code FRIEND. I also think that for a relationship to work out, there's so many factors. Yeah. Like it timing has to be right. Like, which it's like not, I'm not going like wrong time, right person, wrong time. That's not what I'm saying. But like mm-hmm. the timing of your life, like meeting them, like maybe if you're not ready. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying like it, right person, wrong time. Anyways, because timing. If they were the right person. They, they would, would be, the, be right the right time. time. Yes. But, but that being said, I, in the New York Times, they have that modern love column, which is amazing. And if you're like wanting that kind of inspo, th- th- there's a lot of people that like they meet and they don't work out. Someone travels, someone goes to school and then they meet back up later in life. That, that, not to say you should be waiting around for anyone. But anyway, go on to what you're saying. I actually know quite a few married couples who are like 10 years older than me that that has happened to. Absolutely. But... None of them waited for that person. You never wait around. You never wait around. Or like you break up and you get back together. If you're the exception and it happens, whatever. Both of those people, the difference is they moved on in between and then came back together for the most part. Like you can't stay stagnant. Like that's not going to get you anywhere. You're staying exactly where you were, which is where it didn't work out. And it's not working out for a reason. Exactly. Yeah, there's so many factors that go into making a relationship or something work out. And it doesn't need to be taken personally. I don't know what it is about myself that I just... I don't know if it's that I'm a Leo and I'm like too prideful and I'm like, it's not me. Like, you know what I mean? You're very confident. No, but I are. think like there's a lot of reasons as to why something wouldn't work out. And just because they don't, they're not into me, that doesn't mean that I'm any of any less value because we just were not right for each other. And I would have figured that out also. I think the thing is, it's like, if someone, I think the, the idea is people ask me, they were like, well, if they don't like me that much, then that's a reflection of me. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because think about like how many guys that you've met and like, they're actually great. And you would say such beautiful things about them, but they're just like, it's just not clicking for you. There's, it's not a reflection of them. Also, even if he said, yo, you're fucking ugly and dumb and I hate you, I would be like, okay, like, are you well? Because he does not decide the identity of who I am. He doesn't create truth. The only person that creates truth around your identity is yourself. And you decide that. 
Yeah. And so like people reject me all the time from jobs, from dates, et cetera. I've really trained my mind to be like, no worries. Like, it's okay. doesn't mean I can't grow. Right. And like, I can't take criticism. But this idea that like, oh, no, poor me, like something's wrong with me. No, nothing's wrong with me. It's just like I haven't met my person. And the best thing is knowing. The worst thing is being dragged around and like confused. Just yeah. know, you know, I think that's something that I want to tell your listeners. Hi, <laughs> it's <laughs> that, me that I think that I've learned recently and I haven't made a TikTok about this or anything yet, but I feel like I had a very specific idea of who I wanted to go on dates with. I can't even believe like it was like a finance bro, but mm-hmm. like that was the vibe, right? Yeah. I had a very, I, I too know, was shocked about I, that. You were shocked about that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Why? I just didn't see it. I don't know why this came up recently. And wait, 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 you're like, no, because I no, asked. SFK loves finance bros. No, like, I, I actually asked Margo. It was like during your when we were in Cabo. I was like, what is Serena's like type of guy? Right. And she goes, actually a finance bro. And I go, that is not what I expected. Okay, well, we're, we're rewriting the narrative here, okay? <laughs> well, I went to Duke and I think that a lot of people ended up, you that know, in the finance track. But like, what? Like my, my parents are artists. Like what well, my dad is. So like, I don't know, you'd think. Maybe I just don't want to date my dad. Like, I don't know what yeah. it is, but I feel like what I've actually learned recently is that like I've been matching with people that like are literally like not that at all, like an actor or like someone in a creative space. And I've just been realizing that like I've been enjoying it so much more because I want to ultimately be with someone who loves their job as much as I love my job. Like I think that that to me is actually my non-negotiable. Right. Yeah. And I think that typically it's the finance bro. Like I'm not making a generalization, but I kind of am that like they they might not be as like fulfilled. Maybe like they make a lot of money, but I want to be with someone who like who just genuinely loves what they do because you spend the majority of your life working. Right. So like you would hope that that time spent is towards something that fulfills you. And I'm that way. I know you're that way. So I feel like that's probably an important value that I want in a partner. And as a result, I started just matching with legit, like random people. Like, I don't know, I start smiling more, but like not being so just confined in like my view of who I want. I don't fucking know. I'm, tw- I'm yeah. 29 years old. I have no idea what I want still. Right. But I'm getting closer to that. That's actually such a good realization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Major. That's like a major realization because I feel the exact same way. And I'm always like, I don't want to date this sort of career path, though, for X, Y, and Z. So I'm going for people who hate what, their can jobs. Can be more specific? Like, if if they're more creative, or I think because when I was younger, I was dating a lot of guys who were, like, more creative. Right. And they were also just emotionally unwell and not okay. Granted, they were younger. I mean, not younger than me, but, like, we were younger at the time. Totally. And, and by then, the way, men age, their maturity is three years younger than women. Yeah. So they were basically, they were not okay. They were not okay. I was also just going people who were like emotionally not okay. And I think I associated <laughs> a lot of that with their career path. I, You know? Yeah. And I do think you can find a lot. There, there are patterns in certain career paths, I'm sure. However, maybe I should give that more of a chance now that I'm older and in a different place. Totally. And I just don't need to date. I was like dating people who was like, Kenzie, it's not because he's in this career path. It's because he's like actually a sociopath. Totally. Exactly. And I think you can't make a generalization across the board. Like I'm sure there's plenty of finance bros that love their job and would love me and like whatever. But I think that for me, it's like I can't be so constricting to myself and make judgments. Like I think that I actually realized that I was way more judgmental about guys and what they do or, you know, who they are because I was pushing them away. 
because I didn't actually want to become intimate. I didn't actually want a, a relationship. I was scared, right? So what I would do is I would create all these barriers to why I couldn't possibly work out. When yeah. then recently I've just been more like, why not for the pot? And I've been having a better time. The other day I went on a date with someone who literally was like, I'm kind of taken aback by how guarded you are, given like how not guarded you are on social media. And I was like, that's my job. That is a performance art, you know, like <laughs> yeah, literally like I'm not at your job, like being like, what's up? Like, you know, what I'm yeah. Saying? So we all have masks that we wear. But I thought that that was really interesting that he said that it really insightful. He was not a finance bro. <laughs> not a finance bro. I don't know if a finance bro would maybe realize that. But I don't know. But maybe they would. But maybe maybe they, they would. would. Honestly, justice for the finance bros. But also, we're in New York. Like, they're not as many creatives yeah. here, right? Comparatively to, like, L.A. or mm -hmm. Texas. Are there? No. I mean, <laughs> Texas is mainly... Cowboys, baby. Oh, my God. I would, the things I would I would literally do anything for a cowboy. <laughs> I need to take Texas. together. You need to bring me to Dallas and we no, need to please. do a whole ass. Okay, you would fucking love it there. Yeah, I'd be smiling like this. No, you'd be smiling yeah. and they would be like flocking to you <laughs> because Texas is already like way more friendly. Like right. I feel similarly to you, even though like I'm not like the most active dater and I'm not and I will be. It's just like I was I just didn't care for the time being. Correct. But I was always like I will get comments on TikTok. They're like, oh my God, Dallas is the worst place today. I'm like, honey, have you, I've, I've never said honey before in my life. I'm like, what the fuck? Honey. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm like, have you been to like Los Angeles or like so many other cities? I'm like, and then I also don't like the narrative of like dating. It's like, I hate that. I don't like the narrative of it because it's like, okay, does dating soccer, did you have one bad date and now you're letting the entire thing be ruined? And also Texas in general, I'm like, I promise you as someone who's experienced all of it, it is the best place today. Yeah, it, is, it seems everyone's great. Everyone's so friendly. Everyone, they're so, the guys are just like- Chivalrous. Very good. Yeah, they're quality guys. New York guys are like, they're, I mean, everyone's in a rush. Yeah. Everyone's in a rush. You could have literally three dates in one night. You're on to the next thing. I think it's it's so easy. Like if I want to go on a date tonight, I literally could. Maybe I am, you never know. She but like- She probably will. She probably will. So it's like, I think the slowness of Texas- Yeah. In comparison to New York is probably a little easier. But again, like- People date, people find their person. Everywhere. It's the narrative you decide. And you will. That's very true. I want to go back into talking about feeling like fulfilled by your career. Yeah. Because being in Texas, I obviously have a lot of friends who are just, it, I mean, anywhere that I am, but I have noticed the difference between like my friends in LA and New York versus mm -hmm. my friends in Texas. Very, very Is very different. Also just in the career path that I'm in. But most of my friends in LA and New York are like lucky enough and also have worked their asses off enough to be able to do a career that like, fulfills them and something they really want to do. Yeah. And then I notice in Texas, I'll have friends who are really talented in other areas and that's not where they're working, but they're working because they want to make a good living and they're more of like, they want to work to live, not live to work. Mm -hmm. But if someone is listening to this and they're just in a job, they're not very fulfilled with, and especially like most people who listen to this podcast, my demo is like 25 to 34. Right. So they're young. So my girlies, let's go. Yeah. So what advice would you have to someone? And keep in mind too, like these, like the pay cuts and the lifestyle changes, but also like keep in mind you have the rest of your life to like build this thing, you know? Absolutely. Something that my parents, so my mom is an immigrant. My dad didn't grow up in the US. They, my mom was a doctor in Argentina and became the first, like first graduated first in medical school, psychiatrist, residency, the whole thing. And the doctors listening are gonna be like, oh my God, that's like, a, it's a whole fucking no, journey. My mom is a doctor. That's crazy. It's a yeah. journey was like, eh, this doesn't fulfill me. Moves to the US, goes to film school. School again. This girl loves school. 
and now has a great career in television. My dad has a similar trajectory where like he thought he was going to do one thing and then decided to follow his dreams and follow what he liked. And I think that my parents always from a very young age were like, follow your passion, become the best at it. It's a craft. It's a skill. Work at it every day. Like work hard. Like the work ethic was drilled into me. I'm also an only child of divorce. Like they, they're also workaholics. How old were you when they divorced? Two. Okay. But they became, they were stayed like best friends. And they're, they're it was like we grew up like as a family, but constantly like find what you love to do. The majority of your life, you will be working. And that time is a currency you'll never get back. And he, they also said, when you are loving what you do and you're putting your heart and soul to it, which is like what we're lucky enough to do, the money comes. It does. You know, I think like there's degrees of privilege that come with it. Absolutely. And like, obviously I recognize my own privilege with that. There's sacrifices that you have to make. Like when I moved, when I moved back from college, I lived at home for, for two years, you know, all my friends were like in the West village and their apartments, but like I saved money because I think deep down, I knew that like, eventually I was going to want to do to break off and do my own thing. Right. And so I also think the the idea of the side hustle is great because I'm not telling you quit your nine to five tomorrow and like just do it. What I did was I was creating my brand as I was working at a company. I worked at Refinery Training for three and a half years as a producer. I learned so much how to manage a team, how to produce, how to write a fucking email, like so much. I met so much talent, so many people in the industry. And I was building my brand on the side. So that means maybe like on the weekends or like after class or after your job. And eventually I was like, okay, I think that I can really monetize the side hustle. I started to, and it was baby, but then I made the jump. I think what people are afraid of constantly, and I, by the way, I've convinced now six of my friends to quit their job, not like blindly, but like they know what they want to do. Right. And they all literally, Kellyanne was one of them. My friend, Chloe is one of them. She started her own creative consulting agency. It's unbelievable strategy. Kellyanne is a makeup artist. She's literally the fucking queen of yeah. everything. My friend, Callan, who's an interior designer. I'm just saying that the, what they did to have, it's all so different. They've all literally t- told me like, I've never looked back and they're thriving because they, it's theirs. It's theirs. It's like, you don't have, there's this idea of failure. It's like, you, you're not failing. You're just learning and there's no option to fail. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I would, but I think that some of your listeners might be like, okay, that's cool. But like, I don't even know what I want to do. And my one piece of advice that will help so much is start talking to people, make a list of like, what brings you joy? Marie Kondo, that shit. Like, what do you like? Do you like talking? Do you like listening? Do you like reading? Do you like sewing? Like, do you like Diet Coke? Like, just like, what is like, ask your friends, like when you see me light up, like, what is it about? For me, my entire life, I wrote in a diary and I'll shut the fuck up. My entire life, I wrote in a diary about boys. And here we are. Like, here we are, 29 years. Like, I'm fucking here talking about boys, right? And I love mirrors. And you know I love looking in the mirror now, right? So, like, think about what brings you joy. And then you can find a way and then start calling people and being like, hey, I know you do this. Can we just talk? Conversation, communication with yourself and with others, that is how you'll end up doing what you love to do. It's interesting, too, because so much of it, are things that you love doing as a kid. Yes. Like my family was very close. Like my friends were like, you are-, are Let these. me guess, you couldn't stop talking. As no, I know it's shocking. I got my chin done, I got air sculpt. And I, I remember talking talked through the surgery. I talked through my chin surgery. Granted, the surgeon talked to me first. Okay, okay fine. But I talked through the surgery. You I, couldn't smile? <laughs> no, I-, I You no, like couldn't smile no, at I, I, no, You just had to like, chat it up. I love it. It was, it was like different. Like no, I always got in trouble. Did you get in trouble in school? Every report Shockingly, card. I didn't. Oh, every report card. Serena talks too much. She needs to shut the fuck up. 
I like became president so that I wouldn't get in trouble and I would tell the people what to do and I would leave school and like I did literally nothing and like the administration thought that I was like a mute. <laughs> no, they didn't think that. My God, no. But I, I that, that is like the Texan in me. It's like the right. I like have to respect. Quiet. I was, like, no, so I was disrespectful. I just could not stop talking. Yeah. No, I've always I, everything that I've wanted has ended up like becoming like manifesting into my career, whether or not I was intentional or not. My personality type though on like Enneagram is I'm a three, which so is like the I achiever. So and then I. you're definitely the same exact one as me. And then the wing is two, the supporter. Okay. Well, that. you might be a four. I don't know. But what's a four? Like it's more like artistic. Okay. Yeah, maybe. So either or, but like the two is a supporter. So for me, it's like I want to achieve and then I want to help my, my friends achieve. Right. So what's difficult for me is when I see friends who it's like, I know what you're like, what you could be doing because I've also done it. And then also all of my other friends are around me are doing it. So it's hard for me to be like, I don't want you to settle, but I have to like respect that you're, I just respect your journey and your thing. I think there's a there's a fine line between the respect, but also like my best friend was an investment banking genius. Sumna come loud it like the whole thing. And she was miserable at her job, but she was really good at it. And she loved hospitality. I literally was like, girl, like and then when she saw me do like, let's fucking date the card game and do my she was my roommate. So she saw it all. And I was like, you need to like just you need to do what you love and you'll be amazing at it. And she was so afraid about the finances, the money. Like, how am I going to do what am I going to like? She just opened a restaurant in Soho called Principe, wow. which you should all go. It's like wow. Italian for a prince. But yeah, you should all go do. She just like is, was the right hand to an owner and, and they just opened a restaurant. And it's like, see, mm -hmm. like, see. So I think as a friend, you can't be like, you're wasting your life away. There's no, but I, I definitely have things to say. And you should yeah. say them because no, sometimes people just need a push. Yeah. And I'm, I love giving that push. And then they're, they're like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, OK, fine. But like everyone deserves to to do what they love. That's like something I think that everyone deserves to do. I agree. And people are just afraid that it wouldn't work out, but they're not letting themselves try. I think they're afraid that it wouldn't work out. And then also I imagine most people listening to this podcast yeah. aren't living in cities where that is the norm or in yeah, friend groups totally. where that is the norm. We're both very lucky with friendships in cities that we're in. A lot of people listening as I've gotten older, because I like even starting YouTube, I like couldn't understand why everyone else wasn't doing something that they wanted to do. And granted, I was like 17, like calm down. No, literally. But I like, I just couldn't get it because that's just how my brain was wired. And I was like, I'm going to do this. It's going to work out. And that's it. And I was young. So no, I, I love the naive it. That's... aspect of it was really helpful. But a lot of people listening to this are in like ecosystems almost where that isn't the norm and they don't have anyone around them. Bullshit. Who are doing they have it. the internet. Th Bullshit. That's exactly what I was going to say. So what you need to do is in like, you create your like ecosystem online. It's like when people are talking about like mentors, like Lauren Bostic always says this. She's like, people are mentors to me and they have no idea. It's because I'm just oh, consuming their content. Without and That's what you need to do. It's like find five people and that's all you're consuming. So that is your normal because you're tricking your brain into that being your normal. I mean, my mom literally moved to a country where she didn't know the language. It's crazy. Like, and did it. So like, if you feel like you're in a community that isn't supportive, leave. And guess what? You can always go back. Yeah. And that's what she said. When I wanted to quit my job at Refining29, my mom was like, try, try going freelance. And then if it doesn't work out, you can apply for another job. You know, yeah. like you can, like you're good at what you do. And you're just, you're, I'm telling you, you're not going to let yourself fail. Like there's just no opportunity to do that. And I think the only, at least the way I view failure, the only yeah. way to fail is by not doing it. Exactly. An actual like failure quote that like they're referring to is actually just progress. And that's part of the journey that's lessons. going to get you somewhere. It's lessons and things that you have to do in order to get to where you like want to be. Another thing is 
you have to think about being like 40 and having way more life responsibilities. Like as time goes on, you only gain more and more responsibilities and more and more things that are attached to you, whether it's relationships, marriages, potentially kids, if that's something you want, mortgages, whatever it age, is, age, health, health yeah. everything. Like it, it only, you only have more responsibilities. So like now is the best time, but also think about being 40 and looking back on it and being like, I wish that I did it versus being 40 and being like, thank God I did it. And I'm in a completely different place now, but it's because I actually took the jump. Like you have, you have to just actually like, it sounds so stupid. It's literally like, on this podcast today, we're telling you guys to smile and to just do it, you know? And to do it for the fucking plot. Yeah, that's literally do it for the, just smile and do it for the plot. Yeah, that's exactly. literally, that is the motto of life. That's actually all you need to do. But seriously, like it, I think a lot of it is ecosystem more that I've, as I've grown up and been in different environments where I was just so used to being in creative environments where people just did the stuff. A lot of it is when you're in a city that's a little bit more normal, like Dallas is, there's a huge creative field in Dallas, but it's not the same as LA and New York. Mm -hmm. At least but like in big, my friends. You're a big fish, small pond. So No, exactly. But I just, I don't mean for myself. I mean for yeah, like people that are, are around. But Queen. I think it's just because of like what they're used to and what you see. And then as as that becomes your normal, you end up settling. Never. You know? Never settle. And some people just don't want that, I guess. But Write your plot, me. baby. Write it. Never settle. Do you have any like parting words, any like encouraging words for summer, for smiling to give to the audience? Just smile and do it for the plot. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, like, I think you're so amazing and, and your audience is so lucky to have you. And I, I think just realize that you have a very long life. I think we get kind of, I mean, yes, life is short, but like this idea that we have to have it all figured out, like be okay with the uncertainty, the unknown, just have a lot of conversations, great communication, smile at people. Like we're going to die. Like we're literally all going to die. That is what is certain. And the taxes that I want to not do. <laughs> right. We're going to die. So for the pot, like literally just like throw throw yourself at things like go walk up to someone at a party, like smile at the guy in the street, like, you know, cut your hair, like change your outfit, like make that video on TikTok that you really wanted to make, but you're too afraid to just do it. Like it's not going to matter. No one's going to remember us at one point. So like what is holding you back? Yeah. Period period. We're gonna die. That's my parting words. <laughs> Love that. Okay, where can they find you? <gasps> Serena fucking Kerrigan. No, I'm Serena Kerrigan on every platform ever. So, and Lemonade, and, which I just downloaded. Have you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know how to use it. Ago. I don't really get it. Okay, cool. It's like my new thing. And let's fucking date. And let's fucking date. Oh my God, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, I have an, I have an amazing card game. Have you played it yet? You need to Yeah, play well, it. I have them all. Okay, of course. I have a great card game. Let's fucking date. It's amazing for having sex or playing with your girlfriends or oh. guy friends or marriages, whatever. Yeah, so you can People find get it like married from this. No, game. literally proposals. I'm Did waiting for mine. You? Did they invite you to the wedding? No, I should have officiated Whoa. that shit. Yeah, can you imagine? But there've been pregnancies. They're like, I played your game and now I'm pregnant. Thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. That's like a, another like good business thing for you. 100%. weddings, love it. Okay, well, thank you. Love you. Love you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys have a fabulous Thursday. I love you guys so much, and I will talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.